Who am I and how am I feeling? I'm Clive Owen and I'm great, thanks. What if businesses could really understand how their customers feel, act on it and make them feel better? It's a thing. It's SAP Experience Management. For more, go to sap.com slash xm. Hi everyone, I'm Dr. Lauren Cielo from Golden Rose Psychic Services. And I'm Crystal Heinemann from Crystal Sunshine Psychic Services. Welcome to the Metaphysical Q&A Podcast. Where we are making metaphysics crystal clear. And golden delicious. That's right. Welcome, everyone. So Metaphysical Q&A, of course, is an audio and video platform and a podcast. And we're hoping that we're going to shift the way each human views their experiences that we're having here on Earth. That's right. As professional clairvoyant healers and teachers, Crystal and I are using this platform to help explain daily occurrences that homo sapiens have in easily understood metaphysical terms. Oh, that's right. And our viewers and listeners supply the questions. That's you. Thank you all so much. So would you please submit a question? If you've got a burning question that you'd like answered, would you please visit us uh, Visit us at metaphysicalqa.com? And of course, if we read your question on air, we'll offer you a free reading. <laughs> Excellent. Well, let's get on with the questions for this episode. All right, everyone. Well, we have three really great questions for today, of course, because we have a brilliant audience. So, Lauren, <laughs> um, our first question comes from Larissa in Toronto, Ontario. Ooh. And I know, I love Toronto, one of my favorite cities. And uh, she asks, so how do our relationships with our pets work? And who are they? And what are their roles in our lives? Good question. Yeah, of course, you know, we are huge animal level lovers here at Metaphysical Q&A, so I love the direction we're going in. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite topic. Okay, and uh, question number two comes from Joanne uh, in Coffin Bay, South Australia. Excellent. Down under. I know, how wonderful that uh, we stretched that far. Yeah, thanks, so, <laughs> yeah, thanks Joanne. So Joanne asks, since a child, I have always had an affinity with animals. When I was told at Christian Sunday school that animals don't go to heaven, ooh, can you comment on this? Mm. Why, well, yes, we certainly can. Yeah. <laughs> that was cringeworthy. <laughs> and then question number three comes from Alan in Michigan. Thanks so much, Alan. Now, Alan asks for a psychic, what's the difference between reading people and reading pets? I love that. So, um, of course, there's a theme here, like always. How about we call this one the metaphysics of pet communication, Lauren? Oh, I love that. And I wonder, <laughs> Crystal, maybe we should bring in a pet psychic to help us. Do you know any? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, of course, I know so many, right? <laughs> That's my favorite hobby, to learn what my animals are talking about. But my dearest, dearest friend, Laura Stinchfield, she's one of my go-to um, pet communicators, and she is a world-renowned pet psychic. She is a columnist for our Santa Barbara local paper, and um, her website is thepetpsychic.com, and she is my favorite, and I've work, worked with her for over decades. <laughs> excellent. Uh, excellent choice. Now, for decades, Laura has studied animal behavior and training, animal communication, telepathy, mediumship, death and dying, the afterlife, reincarnation, personal growth, meditation, and consciousness. Now, Laura's work is the source of knowledge and information for people and pets all over the world. And I love this. So everybody listen very, very closely. She is the voice 
for those who cannot speak for themselves. So please welcome <laughs> Laura Stinchfield. Hi, Laura. We're so excited to have you today. Thank you so much for, for coming in on your busy schedule. Oh, it's so wonderful to be here. Thanks for having me. Anytime. Now, I really want to talk about how Laura and I met. Now, Laura and I have a long history together, and um, I, I can get a little teary about it because it's so multidimensional and actually so layered. So our relationship goes back about almost, I mean, gosh, 10 years. So before there was Luna, I actually had my beloved little Rocco, who was such a sensitive, sweet soul. And um, I started working with Laura as far as helping communication with Rocco. I had just gone through a divorce and I really, you know, was seeking, you know, I was in my, my own personal journey and I sought out Laura for help. And she really, I mean, she helped us so much in a healing process as well as um, just really helping me expand and grow my relationship with Rocco. And then when I lost him, our relationship even growed, grew further because she had just lost her beloved Maya and her wolf dog and I had lost Rocco. And so we really went through the incarnation sort of death and reincarnation process together so she was able to help me connect with the soul of Rocco um, basically on heaven astral wherever you know wherever you believe whatever the name is for you and then of course the rebirth of Luna and Laura of course has her own journey and her own story with her animals and we sort of went through the same process around the same sort of timeline and um and also another wonderful fact is that I would have never known to paddleboard of course most of you know that that's um really Luna's passion and so I'm just the vehicle that gets her you know deliver her to her passion and of course it's become mine I would have never even known to pick up a board had Laura not told me that Luna had such an affection for the ocean and for water and that she really wanted to be on a board and she wanted to surf. She wanted to catch waves. And my whole process was, well, I don't know how to surf. Like, I don't know how to catch the waves, but I can probably accommodate that by getting a bigger board, right? A paddle board and fitting that, you know, little body on that board and getting her out there. And, and it's been, it's become like a huge part of us. And I would have never even known that had Laura not told me that that's what Luna was really wanting in her life to enhance her life. And that first moment I put a board down, there was literally not even a millisecond of time. Luna got on that board and took off and we never looked back. And people always are asking me, how did you train her to do that? And there was nothing, nothing. I put a board down and I just followed her. So I'm so grateful to Laura on so many levels. And of course, you know, her work is so beautiful. So I do hope that, you know, um, that if her work resonates with you, that you really um, start working with her and enhancing your relationship with your animals. So so that's what I have for you, Laura. <laughs> oh, that's so beautiful. It's just so beautiful. And just the, your relationship with her and Rocco, I mean, it really touched me dearly too, just watching you guys together. And you're just like um, an animal owner from heaven, really, for me to see just like, just the way you cared for Rocco when he was passing and when he got older and and the way you help Luna be the best Luna she can be. It's just a dream. Like people like you make my work even more rewarding, really. Oh, you know, yeah, I love that communication that came through about the paddle boarding because that's what I always say is 
why psychic readings are so beneficial. Because we think logically based on the way we were raised. So by having a total neutral third party look at you, they can tell you things that you would have never, ever thought of before. And I know, of course, I know Crystal well. And I had no idea that you didn't paddleboard before Laura gave you that communication that Luna wanted to get on the water. Unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And you love it so much, too. Oh my gosh, it's I was telling Laura and Lauren just a minute ago that that is actually my meditation space, my preferred meditation space. So the gift that Laura has given, of course, Luna has become my space as well. And that's usually, and I'm sure Laura can go into this further, that's usually um, part of the gift of why our animals come into our lives, right? I mean, they are our greatest teachers. And of course, and they're so selfless. And in you know, saying that that's something that resonated with her, of course, she knew deep in my soul that that was going to be something that was going to be part of my journey, right? They're, they're so much smarter than we are. Yeah. Excellent. And it's amazing that you were able to sort of sit back and say like, huh, is this something that I might want to do? Where some people would just kind of be like, oh, she says I'm on a paddleboard and just... <laughs> You know, kind of leave it alone, but that you gave it that time to really consider it. I think that's important when you're having a psychic reading. Like, even if it's not something you're doing right away, like, huh, let me feel this out. Let me see this space and see if this is something that that I might want to experiment with. So it's awesome that you did that. Oh, thank you. Well, she's been my greatest teacher about love, right? And about unconditional love. And, um, and so of course, like anything that she wants to do, if I hear, I'm always going to explore it. I'm like, what does Luna want? Let me do it. (laughs) So Laura, um, you know, before we get to the questions posed by our audience, um, I wonder if you could tell us how did, how did you become a pet psychic? So ever since I was really little, I could hear the animals. So I just never knew that nobody else couldn't. (laughs) Uh, My earliest memory is my parents holding our Yorkshire Terrier over my crib. And the Yorkshire Terrier, Taffy was her name, saying, you're so small. So that's like my earliest memory in life. And um, it wasn't until I was in my early 20s where I had that wolf dog, Maya, and she was very, very difficult. She was a wolf hybrid and very aggressive in many ways. And, um, and I took her to learn dog training. It was actually the Tellington Touch. And my instructors were saying, what are you doing with her? Like, like she's coming along quicker. And what are you doing with the other animals? They're coming along quicker. They have a special relationship. So it wasn't until animal people who were really in tune with animals saw me and spoke out to me that I even realized I was doing anything different. (laughs) Um, And so it was kind of a hard time when I was in high school and I was riding horses because people at that time were sort of beating horses to get them over jumps. And I knew the horses had like hurt hips or like I knew why the dog was peeing and pooping in the house. And, and um, it was sort of a, a rough time for animal training at that, in that era. And so uh, it was, it, it was, I thought everybody knew like, why would you beat them? Because they had a hurt hip, you know? Uh, so it was a great relief to me when I found out. And then I started to study with a woman named Carol Gurney, who's an authority in the field of animal communication. And I did her program. And she said, too, like, you're, you know, you're, I was writing. She gets pictures. I think this is really important for people to know, too, when, when they're psychic 
their psychic development, that everyone receives it differently. And she really saw a lot of pictures, but I get it in words. And so I was doing a lot of writing. Like I would just write everything they said. And so I was really frustrated that I wasn't getting these downloads of pictures, but she's like, oh no, you're getting it. Look, you're writing. So and then it just came from there. I just was dot was animal training and doing the pipe pet psychic work on the side. And uh, I was super shy. So I was like scared to tell people like my pet sitting clients. I also at that time had like a dog walking pet sitting business. I was scared to tell people what their animals said. So I was just kind of doing it in the background. And then again, like my clients who are really close to, they would kind of press me like, like, what are you doing? Like, are they saying something? And I'd get a little bit more brave and a little bit more brave until eventually the, the animal training faded away. And this is what I do full time. And very busy and very successful. Yeah. 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 Now tell us a little bit about your column that you write, because I know that you are a beautiful writer and I know that you've got books, you know, that, that are, you know, in fruition and, and have also come into play. And so I write a column for the Santa Barbara news press and that comes out weekly. And I try to post those online, but I'm not as good as I, (laughs) Um, but there's a lot of them online too, on my blog. Mm -hmm. So so, and I just write about my experiences, really, just like fun little things that animals have said or, you know, dog animal training advice or how to read your animals, whether it's um, how to read their body language or how to read them with telepathy. Yeah. And I highly recommend, of course, we're going to give all the details. I highly recommend following Laura on social media because um, you're going to fall in love with her fur babies and her fur family. I mean, they're just like, they're amazing. And she always offers like amazing wisdom. Well, of course, you know, your animals offer amazing wisdom and you're just the communicator. So I always, always learn from your family. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. it's so neat. Like I had Stormy, my late Aussie, you know, you remember him. So he always had like the wisest advice, you know, and he had like these words of wisdom and, and it, I'm, I'm making his work into like a book right now, like all his words. And I'm looking back at the things he said and I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's like what I'm studying now. And I'm like, now I like understand it on a deeper level than what, like, where did he come up with that? He's so connected. <laughs> They're so smart. And that's one thing that I always say is that they are our greatest teacher if you open up to their wisdom and to their words, right? They really are like put in front of us for us to learn from them. And it's like they know our next step moves almost, right? Where yeah. they, you know, they're a step ahead of us and we're just sort of like following along. <laughs> I love it. Me too. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get on with our questions. All right. So, Laura, let's get started. Our first question comes from Larissa in Toronto, Ontario. And Larissa asks, so how do our relationships with our pets work? And who are they? And what are their roles in our lives? I think that's a great question. So I was thinking about this question earlier and thinking about, you know, the roles that they have in our lives. And I sort of thought of them in three different categories. Um, And the first one is sort of our soulmate animals. And these are animals that are just super easy. They come into our lives. We just jive with them. Like they don't need leashes. They just 
They're, they're friendly with everybody. You know, they're just, they're like a best friend. Um, and, or like a soulmate or like uh, Hudson is sort of one of mine too. And I, and I, I'll say to him, like, if you were only a guy, you know, Stormy was that too. And they're just super easy and we just feel better and enlightened just by being with them. Um, and then I feel like there's uh, there's the ones that we sort of rescue or come into our lives. Maybe we we get them from a breeder still, and and um, they come into our lives, and they're opportunities for us to show compassion too. And we open up our hearts to them, and we help them through issues. And we can do it from a real compassionate way, but also from a, a, a little bit of a detached way where their issues don't necessarily uh, affect us too much. So maybe they're a little bit fearful around people, and so we just have to you know, teach them that people are safe and we just know how to leash them and, and uh, we just put them in situations that will help them grow. We train them to help them grow. We know how to talk to them to help them grow and, and they grow spiritually because of us. And we grow spiritually because we're able to show compassion to them and teach them. And, and it's rewarding for, for both. Then there are the animals that come into our lives and just wreak havoc. <laughs> they are aggressive. They're causing problems. They're barking out the window. They're just like, and they, they, they sort of stir in us frustration or, um, or sometimes even anger or, or intense sadness or disappointment. And we're just constantly challenged by them. And they're the animals that sort of, that I believe mirror something in us. So whether we created it because we're that kind of person and we get them as a puppy and then, or, or kitten, and then we create, we create that behavior in them. So we're a little bit nervous in public. So they're nervous in public. We're a little bit scared to talk to people. So they're scared to talk to people. Um, or we had an, uh, an uh, aggressive dog in the past. And so then we've, we get nervous every time we see an aggressive dog. So then they get those behaviors as well. Right. Um, and those animals can also be our greatest teachers. Uh, and we have to learn how to center ourselves and how to grow as a human being in order to help those animals. So when those animals are really frustrated and they're really pushing us, it takes great effort on our part to evolve spiritually and to get into our heart center, get grounded, find patience, and then help those animals. And those animals I feel are the ones that sort of challenge us to, it's a test, you know, like, are you up for this? You know, are you going to live years like this? Because people will live years 
frustrated with their pets and angry with their pets? Or are you going to take this on and grow and be kind to yourself and then also be kind to them? And I think those animals, uh, those animals are, they're the ones I get mostly in my, I get all animals in my business, but those are the ones that I, I really find rewarding to help people sort of evolve with their pets because um, those are the ones that people are like, should I give the pet away? Um, like, what should I do? And, and they're crying, people are crying and they're really upset. So, uh, but there's an important reason that those pets are in our lives. Sometimes those pets are meant to move on. And sometimes that's us supposed to giving our boundary and saying, this is not for me. I can't handle this. This is better suited for somebody else. Maybe somebody else can deal with this. Um, but to find, to me, those animals, because I personally have had those animals in my life and they have given me such a sense of learning how patience and being grounded and how to deal with my own past uh, that I think is very rewarding if people experiment with that. Well, that was great. That was so informative. You know, as I was, as you were speaking about the three uh, different types, uh, archetypes, I guess, of pets. Mm -hmm. Um, it, I was dumping each of one, each each and every one of my cats into those categories. I I'm onto my third pride now mm -hmm. that I'm almost sixty years old. So I've had lots of kitties that I've I've had a chance to love and be loved by. But yeah, I know I had a, a black cat that um, just peed on the bed ever since she was a kitten, always mm. on the bed. And it wasn't until she was uh, even some of my girlfriends ugh, I would say get rid of her I can't you know I'd be like mm -mm, no way that's my cat and yeah. it wasn't until she was you know much older that um she finally found the litter box and and, and oh. it, I know it's just but I would never ever give her up ever and, never. and so do you think I mean this is a personal question but do you think that at that time in your life when she gave it up was there something that you transformed in your life no I mean, it could be something about the bed, you know, I mean. No, it was, it was the women in the bed. <laughs> it was the women in the bed. So do you feel like, like you created, like you were picking healthier partners? Well, what I think is um, it had to do with control, right? Th those women wanted me to control that cat. And I think maybe those women wanted to control me. And mm -hmm. so, and, you know, anybody that's been a cat owner knows you don't control the cats. The, you you know they control you right. you work around them and I don't and I think maybe that's what the women in my life couldn't do so they really I think the cat was an extension of me right that was a beautiful right. bed though <laughs> yeah right right but it was sort of a message of maybe like if you have you know uh uh I mean I don't know I'm just speculating but but like a sense a self of sense were of, of oh absolutely of worth then the kid, so the cat was just like you said, mirroring you, mirroring your inner feelings that you might not have even known you had. Oh, I think I knew them. I think I just ignored them. It's <laughs> <laughs> better to ignore sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> well, all right. Let me take a peek at Larissa and um, what her higher self has to say about her pets. Now, out of the three archetypes, Larissa. Um, it's the first one um, that Laura gave us where you're really looking for a soulmate in your pet space, um, one that's equal to you. And and I, again, as I was putting all my kitties into those archetype buckets, uh, some of the 
the ones that have been closest to my heart have been those equal souls in my life. Now, I don't think that, I don't think your higher self is trying to tell you that you wouldn't be a good, you know, parent, if you want to call it that, for, for other animals in those archetypes. I'm not saying, I don't think your higher self is saying that, but I almost feel like what your higher self is saying is you deserve a pet like that. So I'm going to send my healing master to you. And if you don't have one like that, um, we'll see if we can't ground the path to you. And if you do, we'll see if we can just kind of get that line of communication and love a little bit more open so you can feel it in your heart. So that's what I got. <laughs> are, are you ready to go on the question too? Sorry, <laughs> I got lost in the reading. No, I um, love that. I love the ground the path to you. I love that. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and you know, I should say the reason that Crystal and I wanted to do a, a, a show on this is because we are so in love with our animals. I, I was telling Crystal the other day, I have got so much love to give. That's why I always have more than one cat because you, <laughs> cats aren't always ready for love. <laughs> so true. I know I always say to my animals, because I have so many animals, I have no problem giving them all love. But sometimes I say, could you imagine if it was just me and you? <laughs> like, what would that life be like? <laughs> Mine and Luna's. That's like, what it would be. So <laughs> uh, that was great. Let's move on to question number two. All right, Laura, um, on to question two. And this one comes from Joanne S. in South Australia. Now, Joanne writes that since a child, she has always had an affinity with animals. And when she was told at a Christian Sunday school that animals don't go to heaven, and she wondered if you could comment on that. Sure. That's a great question. I think if I heard that at Sunday school, I would have started crying. Like, what's happening without animals? <laughs> me too. Me too. It makes me cry just hearing that now. Gosh, imagine I mean, a kid. It's so dark, but no heaven. Like, what <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Awful. Um, <laughs> but I think that was an old belief system. But I don't know if that's really held anymore because I have a lot of Christian friends and and uh, and Christian clients and that's not a belief system that they have brought to the sessions with me. Um, but I know for a fact that that animals are in heaven because I talk to deceased animals every day and I talk to people every day and animals will meet us on the other side. So when we pass on, our animals will see us. And I believe that even if our animals have reincarnated, who they are in the lifetime with us will always hold a consciousness on the other side. Um, I also believe from talking to so many deceased people and deceased animals that, that our heaven is very often what we want it to be. So if we want, if our higher selves, if our, where we find the most love, that we, when we pass on and we rise up through the dimensions, we will go to a place where we find the things that we love. And so it will be animals if we love animals. So I think that if you don't want animals there, you're not going to see animals. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> But my heaven has animals, lots of animals, wildlife and, and, and our domestic animals, our old friends. And also, this is a really neat thing when I talk to deceased animals, is that oftentimes they tell me, one of the first things that they say in a reading is who they've seen on the other side or who's greeting them on the other side. And oftentimes those are 
people and friends and ancestors of the people who are having a session of their owners. And so oftentimes they'll see great grandparents who are making the meatballs or, or they'll see friends who are, you know, going paddle boarding with their pets or whatever. And, and those people may not have known the animal in the animal's lifetime, but those people come for our animals because they love us. So when we're saying goodbye to our animals in this realm, know that our friends and family members and ancestors, even ones that we have not even thought about in a long time, are there to greet them on the other side. Hmm. Well, and that's so beautiful. And I know firsthand Laura's work because this is how we worked together after I lost Rocco. I was so devastated. And um, when I met with Laura uh, for the first time after Rocco had transitioned, um, it was actually my younger cousin. I don't know if you remember this, Laura. It was my younger cousin who passed away um, in his mid-20s. And he had never met Rocco uh, in, you know, in physical form. And he greeted Rocco and he had said that he would care for him and he would hand deliver him back to me when I was ready. And of course he did in the form of Luna, right? So yeah, yeah. And of course, Laura and I connected with Rocco for, it took me a good year and a half to, to be ready for him to come back. But then of course, once I was ready, right, it it happened so rapidly. Um, And so we had checked in a few times throughout and he was always with my cousin Christian. So, um, so it's so beautiful. And I will always, always hold that story. It's very dear to me. So um, okay, so now, Joanne, I was taking a peek at you, of course, um, as Laura was was reading you and answering your question. Now, when I see you in your space and how you care for animals, and essentially for you, it's um, I see you with a lot of larger animals. It's very interesting. It's almost like um, uh, you have a lot of spirit animal guides around you. And it's I know this seems super, super silly, but water buffalo come into play. And I don't know what that means metaphysically. So maybe perhaps you want to Google what a water buffalo means. Um, means for you in form of spirit animal. But what I'm picking up is <clears throat> you're showing me just um, sort of having your hands along their back, sort of you could feel, I could feel like the bones along their spine. And there's something about like their energy that helps you feel at peace and vice versa about your energy helping them be at peace. And I think there's something that comes into play as far as the water is and um, your emotional um, state of being where there's something about you being with the energy of a water buffalo, it helps you. Um, The way you're showing me is as opposed to like a rough tide, it allows you to feel very sort of calm in your emotional space. So perhaps if there's a time um, for you, if you're feeling that your emotions are like, you know, a a tsunami, if you will, if you can pull in your spirit animal guide of a water buffalo and just sort of imagine putting your hands along their spine, it's really going to calm your emotional well-being sort of the water within you so thanks for showing that to me that was really <laughs> it was really fun you never know it's going to come up <laughs> no, I love that I want to be nectar water <laughs> I know <laughs> I'm gonna, I, you know afterwards I'm going to be googling yeah. that what's a water buffalo what does that mean is yeah, that, I don't know I know that imagery that you gave with the hands on the spine it reminds yeah. me of the bull leapers they would jump on top of you know, like do acrobatics on top of them. I think if I remember, I've got a 
a deck of tarot cards and that's one of them, the bull leafer. I don't know, but maybe Joanne, uh, Joanne in Australia knows more about that than we yeah, do. She might be a bull leaper by trade and we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. That's so great. All right. Well, hello, Mr. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. Well, um, on to our third question. All right. So on to our third and final question, um, Laura. For a psychic, what's the difference between reading people and reading pets? And this comes from Alan in Michigan. Oh, that's an awesome question. Yeah. Thank you, Alan. So I think it's probably different for every psychic. Mm-hmm. Um, for True. me, yeah. So for me, animals have always just been easier. They just seem like less complicated. Um the way I get information from animals is more like just words streaming through me. And I might get feel like they're, if they're sending me pain, I might feel pain in my body. Sometimes I'll see like a flash of picture of something that they're saying. Um, with people, I find it, um, I personally have to concentrate a little bit more when I'm reading people. And I mostly do deceased people, so I don't necessarily do live readings for uh, like higher self readings. I don't necessarily do that anymore. Um, But with deceased people, I find that they try to say a lot in a little. And so they often send me images or little segments of things. And then I just can't receive all the information that they want to give. And so there's a lot of kind of going back and forth with people. Like, does that make sense to you? That It could be symbolism or it could be very literal. And so it's a little bit more of like trying to figure it out with the client exactly what they're trying to say. Um, so that's pretty much the difference between, I mean, I'll feel it, they'll send it in my body too. But I think it also depends on how the, the, the people on the other side are sending it and like how they typically communicate. So, and finding that dimension, but really anyone can learn, I feel, and you guys might feel the same, that if you have a desire to learn how to communicate with either one, it's, you can do it. And it's just turning a radio dial of what dimension or your, what frequency you're picking up. And uh, I think that's why we all sort of read differently is because we're all sort of channeled on just a little bit different frequency. And so that's why some animals might say something to me, but say something else to a different pet psychic or a different animal communicator. And the same with getting one from one medium to another medium. So well, let um, me take a peek at Alan. Um, and Alan, I already was kind of reading you off to the side in regards to what your higher self has to say about you being a psychic. And it's really a, your higher self claims that it's easier for you as Alan in Michigan um, to read animals. And, but it's very interesting. There's a little twist to it, to read animals, but to get their communication about the people. So, and, and I think Laura uh, talked about this, about, you know, talking to deceased animals that are in connection with our ancestors that they've never met. So it kind of, it kind of, I think it kind of has that flavor to it to me, but what your higher self said, and, and please forgive me because what I feel this information is, is that your higher self values the, the, the perspective of animals more than it does other homo sapiens is really what it's saying. So um, maybe 
like Laura's uh, getting ready to write that book from the, the wise sayings from one of her animals. Sure. Um, I think that's what your higher self is alluding to, that you get much more wisdom from the animal's perspective. So if you want to read people, ask the animals what the people say about them. That's what I got. So I hope that helped you. That's super <laughs> cool, that. Alan. <laughs> super cool. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing all of your uh, information about pet communications with us and our podcast mm-hmm. listeners. Now, can you tell all of us how to, how to learn more about your work and get in contact with you? Yeah, so you can head on over to my website, which is thepetpsychic.com. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook. You can just Google Laura Stinchfield, the pet, or um, Facebook slash Pet Psychic Radio is my Facebook page. And then I'm also on Instagram, which is the Pet Psychic. And you'll see a bunch of my clients' animals and some videos and, and also all my animals and what they have to say. So, yeah, like and share and be great to see you there. Absolutely. Absolutely. So wonderful to have you, Laura. I'm so blessed to be connected with you. Oh, I love to be on your show. So thank you both for having me. And it's just like, I love to talk to other psychics and mediums. It's like, ah, it feels like I'm at home. So thank you. Well, Crystal, do you think we've done it again? I do believe we've done it yet again, of course, with the help of our beloved pet psychic, Laura Stinchfield, where we have made metaphysics crystal clear. And golden delicious. <laughs> so if you, if you heard your questions here answered on our podcast today, would you please visit our website at metaphysicalqa.com and you can click on free reading there and of course claim yours and of course submit another question for us. And if you are interested in my personal work, you can visit my website at crystalsunshinepsychicservices.com. Also, please check me out on the internet, goldenrosepsychic.com and laurencielo.com. And Laura, could you please give us your your, uh, sites one more time? Sure, yeah. It's thepetpsychic.com is my site. And I have a bunch of free gifts for your listeners. And so you want to go over to thepetpsychic.com slash MQA gifts. Excellent. And don't forget to jump over there and get your freebies. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and then you can also have 5% off my my services, so you can get that too. And then there's like the first little bit booklet for Stormy's Words of Wisdom is out there. So, Excellent. Oh my gosh, don't miss that on those great gifts from Laura. <laughs> All right, well, until next episode, we'll call that a healing. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> Bye. Bye, you guys. Please hang up and try again. Carl's Jr.'s new guacamole double cheeseburger is only 299 bucks. You forgot the decimal? Only 299 bucks! Not decibel, decimal. The guacamole double cheeseburger is only $2.99 at Carl's Jr. Oops. Available for a limited time. Price of participation may vary. Tax not included. They call you the grill master. You've seared the thickest porterhouse in the butcher shop. And as you lift that first forkful to your mouth, you savor the moment. To get amazing offers during the Mercedes-Benz Summer Event, like the 2019 C-Class Sedan and GLC SUV, the perfect recipes of driving performance. Plus, you can enjoy six months of Sirius XM All Access included. The Mercedes-Benz Summer Event, now serving limited-time offers on a select lineup of vehicles. Offers end September 3rd. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing.